to Biohacking with Brittany. Thanks so much for joining this week. I'm really excited to dive into today's episode. I am trying to focus on biohacks that are accessible and affordable through this podcast and through my brand and social media, and just really trying to get people on board with the idea of biohacking. And one of the best ways to do that is through making it easy for everybody. And no matter who you are and where you live, and that's kind of the vibe I give off and the people who come on this podcast, that's what we talk about and they believe the same thing. So that's kind of just the starting point for anyone who's new and listening. And I'm currently in Singapore. I'm on my way back home. Home for me is Vancouver, technically, I guess. And I will be back there next week, actually, and moving back. And I have been gone for about 10 months, 11 months now which is crazy, just traveling and doing all sorts of things. So I'm excited to connect with all the new biohackers who I've met online who live in Vancouver, and I'm excited to actually meet in person and to hang out with the ones that I've met before and just kind of cultivate a happy, optimistic biohacking tribe and vibe and meetup group, and we'll kind of see how all of that plays out. So I'm excited and If you're in Vancouver, reach out to me. I would love to hang out with you. So on the episode today, we have an amazing woman. Her name is Kiki Bosch. She is a free diver. She is a biohacker. And she is a certified Wim Hof method instructor. So in this episode, we get all into that, what that means, how you can do it, what the benefits are, and basically just how to really start using cold therapy and different breathing techniques to really help your mental health. So Kiki's been through quite a lot of traumatic events in her past, and cold therapy was one of the best ways that she was actually able to heal herself from those events. So we kind of dive into that and just basically how you can do the same thing and really just benefit from it. And she teaches people how to do that now through her own coaching business. And she'll be actually coming through to Vancouver next year. We're going to plan some sort of event. So that'll be really fun. Look out for that for the new year, which obviously is quite far away, but still. I hope you enjoy this episode. It's a great one. It's a really good episode for people who are just starting out, for those who've heard of cold showers but never done one, or heard of Wim Hof Method Breathing, but doesn't know like what it is and how to incorporate it. And it sounds complicated and who is Wim Hof anyway, and all that sort of thing. So we kind of break down all the basics and really get into the nitty and gritty. We also talk about like cold water face dunks, which are my favorite thing and just mental health and really how to optimize your mental health through using physical practices like breathing and like cold therapy. It's really good. Let me know what you think. And I look forward to having you listen this week and next week and contact me if you'd like to chat or you have anybody who you would like to see on this podcast. I am taking people on a rolling basis kind of right now, collecting names for future future episodes. So let me know. I would love to chat. Thanks so much. Just getting started. What... I just have so many questions because I, <laughs> I think what you do is amazing and it's very different from what most people do. So you are a Wim Hof trained, you know, instructor and you Mm -hmm. are a free diver, which is amazing. And I know you don't combine both of those things. So 
with your cold therapy that you do in the ocean and in rivers and lakes and all of these things, if you don't have access to getting outdoor in nature like that, how do you bring it into your daily practice? Well, super easily. I just turn the shower to cold at the end of my shower. Sometimes shower cold alone. But I think like especially the contrast is very nice for the body, but also very healthy. And then, yeah, you can, you can start with just turning the knob and just five seconds, 10 seconds, 15 seconds, and then kind of build from there. And like you'll notice when you're under the shower and hit certain different parts of your body, the reaction is different and like maybe have that grasp reflex or something like that. And yeah, you can really start knowing and how to ease into those feelings. Yeah, definitely. So what are some of the benefits that you've seen for yourself with the different cold therapy practices that you do? I would definitely say for me, the biggest help was my mental health just improved so, so much. But that's also because when I started, I was in a very downward spiral of my life. And I think that's why I gained the most mental benefit from it. And then for health overall, I think, I mean, I don't get sick a lot, actually, like almost never. So I definitely think that that has to do with practices like this. I don't say it's only the cold showers, but it's definitely part of just boosting the immune system. And uh, yeah, that's on its own. It's a, it's a whole story. It's a whole podcast there on its own on the benefits of, of cold showers for the immune system. But there is like, I feel like even whenever I have something on my mind or whenever I'm contemplating or thinking about something, just going for a, a nice cold shower or a cold swim, preferably, just helps me so massively with making sense of the world and mental health in general. And like a few days ago, I like felt a little bit angry about something. I don't get angry a lot, but I just had something that was like, oh, this is annoying. And I just went for a cold swim and it was like it just went away and I just was far more able to put everything in perspective. And I think that is something that really the cold or nature at that sense really gives me that you see the vastness of everything and then kind of how small some problems or struggles or annoyances are in life. Yeah. Yeah. I totally understand that. I know that you got into cold therapy from traumatic events that happened to you in the past and you kind of heard of the Wim Hof method and then you kind of started experimenting with it. So for the people who are going through traumatic events right now or are trying to heal from it and who've kind of like heard of cold therapy a little bit and maybe a little bit of Wim Hof even, like what would you say to encourage them to start down this journey? I find it very, very hard because I do think the encouragement like does have to come from yourself. And I think there were so many people telling me what to do in that moment. And from meditation to yoga to going to a therapist, I've seen a few therapists to try and help me with the issue. And at the end, I was just at a point where I really wanted to deal with this stuff. So I think eventually this would be for the people that are ready to take that step first and foremost. And then I would say, just go in, just 
stop thinking about it. Like turn that shower to cold and experience and feel again. Because I think for me, after going through trauma, there was a time where I just didn't really feel anything anymore. I was just at a place where I was contemplating even the worth of my life and like not necessarily really planning suicide, but I was definitely definitely at a stage where I didn't see the sense of life itself anymore. And then through being exposed to the cold, being exposed to the brute force of nature, I found a moment of peace. I found a moment where because I was in the cold, because of the intense environment that I was in, there was a moment where just my thoughts just stopped. And I stopped blaming myself for the mistakes I made in my past or the things that happened to me. And it was just a moment of being. I kind of, I would say it's, it brings you to a space of like almost forced meditation. There is nothing you can do than just be present. And I think that is the key for healing trauma is just learning how to be present and not have this moment in your past define who you are today. Yeah. I think cold therapy does that. I think it forces you to let go in the moment. So like I do cold showers. I also do something called like cold water face dunks where I fill my sink with cold water. Sometimes I add ice and I will dunk my face in it you know, four or five times holding my breath underwater. That's awesome. Yeah. And someone recommended it to me about like six months ago. And it's amazing. Like when you are experiencing like physical stress like that, you can't think about your trauma. Like you can't think about your past mistakes and all of these things. Like you are there in that moment, just like experiencing it. And anyone who has ever taken a cold shower knows that you like after I take cold showers, I feel energetic. I feel way more awake. I feel happier. And I'm sure it's the same with you, right? Like definitely, definitely. And that's, it's so beautiful that you speak to that because that's exactly like, yeah, what I always tell people, this is exactly what it is. That moment where you put your body into this healthy stress, like it's not the long-term draining stress. It's like a short burst of healthy stress for the body. And in that moment, you just are there. You're there in the present. And then I think that's the thing, like the water and ice and cold is such a good mirror for that because then you all of a sudden see and can grasp that moment of feeling present and then try to translate that to different aspects of your life. Yeah. I think what it also does is it makes you feel connected to your body. I find that with a lot of people now, there's this disconnect of how we're feeling and what we're putting in our body and how it makes us feel like nutrition wise and even exercise wise. And then when you do something like cold therapy, you're very, very aware of how your body is feeling, what your mind is like. So it kind of connects both. But just going back to your trauma that you went through, I'm not sure how long ago it was, but do you think that through your different methods, you fully healed from that now? Um, it's, it's been uh, roughly three years now, I think. I mean, the thing is, I always question in what part you can heal a trauma and what part you can get surpassed it. Because some days, you know, I always, I'm exploring these new layers of my being. and. 
then I stumble upon something that I'm, for example, holding on to, or I see something that in a reaction to a certain person. And then I still question, maybe it's because this man reminds me of the guy who assaulted me. And if I get a little bit scared on the street or now I have it, for example, a lot when, when I see people that are drunk and there is something to me that changes in their eyes and I just don't like being around them. Then I have the idea of like, maybe it's because of the assault. I don't know. So I don't, I think it helped me in so many ways that I'm now, just like you said, so much more connected to my body and so much more connected to my feelings even and my thoughts so I can contemplate even on situations where I might feel triggered. And I would definitely say it has a space in my life where it's not dominant and I can share it like a story. I know it's part of my life story and it will always be, but it doesn't have the emotional impact anymore. I can, I even spoke to my abuser a few months ago and I was like, actually, I would like to meet you because I would like to just face you and talk to you and see that you're a human too, because it's so easy to as well demonize people by the worst mistake they made. And I'm not saying that we should just or like there shouldn't be consequences for people that make mistakes. But I do think that sometimes, yeah, we can see the nature in them too. And I always say now, I feel so grateful and so lucky to have had this experience and to now have come to a realization where like I really don't have anything against this guy. And if something, I only have compassion for him. Because I realized that for him to do something like that, to not just me, but also to other people, there must be a suffering in his life that I can't even comprehend. Because my mind doesn't go to wanting to abuse people because I'm suffering. And I think there is always a root of suffering or lack of emotional intelligence or lack of there is a lack in his life that I cannot even comprehend so I just feel sorry for him and yeah that would have been something that I would have told him if we did meet up so you you guys didn't actually meet in person it didn't go through no no he didn't want to (laughs) wow I think that your perspective is very forgiving and very compassionate and not something that we honestly hear a lot. And nowadays with everything that's going on politically and whatnot. So it's refreshing. It's really refreshing. And I think it's really needed. So where do you see cold therapy going in the future, like in relation to healing trauma and healing, like these different things that have happened? Like what do you see the future of it looking like? I mean, in three years, like, have you seen it grow or? Oh, definitely. Like, I really would like to make a little bit more of a move in that realm. And like, actually, like one thing I've, I've been thinking about is also catering a little bit more for trauma. So maybe do like a workshop specifically targeted on people that have gone trauma. So there is like, I also studied psychology. So there is like a better 
base ground and, and some better support in those realms just beside beside the trauma because sometimes going alone through an experience like that and then trying to heal it is often difficult and like finding a therapist that like supports you in your own healing process is obviously it's obviously key but then also empowers you to find out the layers of the trauma and talking about it is great and I don't disregard any therapist but I do think that there needs to be an extra layer of empowerment and that's what I find the cold really does and it makes you realize that yeah in that moment in the cold makes you realize that you're not your past you're not your future you're just this present self and for me it just became something that helped me so much mentally to realize certain layers of myself to realize certain things about myself and I think there is also just where a huge potential is in, in like the whole mental health industry to just really dive deeper into who we are and especially into what we are not so yeah. to connect to that nature of yourself again yeah I think combining healing mental health issues with physical practices like you do is something incredible. And, and I think it is growing. I think you're right. So I know you are a Wim Hof method instructor. So for people who don't know what that is, can you break that down for us? <laughs> so I would then start with Wim himself. Wim, the guy who's behind this method, is this amazing, crazy, <laughs> crazy Dutch guy who like started out a few years like a bunch of years ago I think 30 years ago as like a circus act this guy who would would stand extreme cold and who could do things that nobody ever thought were possible and then his son decided to yeah create a method around what exactly is it that he's doing and only in the recent three or four years the science has really started to investigate what he actually does. And the Wim Hof method itself is, is a combination between mindset, breathing techniques, and cold exposure. So it has kind of the three aspects, three pillars of, yeah, shifting your breath and going into the cold and then, yeah, having the mindset and commitment part of it to commit to a practice, to grow as a being from those practices. So focusing on the breathing, what type of breathing routine is it? Like how many breaths? What does it look like? So it's, it's a type of overventilation. So like you take a deep breath in, in through your nose, and then just let go out of your mouth. And you kind of repeat that type of breathing for 30 to 40 times. Then you let go. So you release. But you don't force the air out. You just release the residue of air in your, in your body and you just sigh. And then you hold. You hold your breath on like half lungs or empty lungs. And then you just hold for as long as you can. And when you feel the urge to breathe, you just breathe in. Hold that in-breath for 15 seconds. And then you start another cycle. So what I just described is one cycle and you do kind of like want to do three, four, or even five cycles. Yeah, and that's, that's the breathing part of the method. And are you doing this before the cold therapy, before the showers? So most of the time we would say do this in the morning, preferably on an empty stomach. And 
always when you do the breathing wait a few minutes wait five minutes ten minutes before going into cold water or under a cold shower because yeah this this type of breathing especially the hyperventilation part makes you yeah can make you feel a little bit dizzy so you always want to do this in a safe environment where you can like lay down on a yoga mat or lay down on your couch but not necessarily yeah right before going into the water you will always want to have like a little break before doing the breathing and in the cold. In the cold, you actually shift to like a different type of breathing. You, you want to be more focused on the exhale. So you want to make the exhale as long as possible to really go into that parasympathetic part of your nervous system, to really calm yourself down because it's a big stress. Like it's a big stress on the body to, to be going into the cold. So you want to be able to calm it down. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So what are the benefits that are associated with the Wim Hof breathing method? Oh, there's, it's so funny. It's so, there's so much going on right now that's been reviewed. And like, especially it's very helpful for autoimmune diseases. It's really healthy for, like, for the nervous system. It's kind of like a recalibration of the nervous system, especially for higher stress levels. Like when you're in an environment and most of us are these days when you're exposed to this constant stress of like work life and like everything that's going on this is kind of it's a reset it's a reset for your nervous system so with the overventilation brings you more into that stress part of the nervous system and then the exhalation retention it really brings in that like that relaxation part so by having both extremes the system kind of recalibrates and resets so to say. So this is something you could do like upon waking in the morning to kind of just like restart your reset the day and be ready for your day, which is very interesting. Yeah. Cause I've tried a bunch of different breathing methods. So it's interesting the way that the cycle ends with this one, I think before starting a new one. So is this the type of breathing thing that, you know, say you are at a corporate job and you have a presentation and you, you know, take five minutes by yourself before you start the presentation. Is this the type of breathing that you'd want to do for that? Or is this too almost like stimulating before something like that? Yeah, I would say if you only have five, five to ten minutes, you'd really get the most out of the method in the third and fourth round. So I would say if you know you have a presentation, do the breathing in the morning. And then five minutes before... I just would say focus on exhalation because yeah, like I just said, exhalation is part of the parasympathetic nervous system. So really that rest and digest and it calms down your heart rate. It calms down your overall being by trying to just create an exhale as long as possible. Like, like blowing out a candle really slow or with people, I often say blow my hand away and hold my hand to the face and then for them to try and get my hand as far as possible. And this is some easy, like easy things that you can do just to calm yourself down. And like you can even try it when you're tense, when your shoulders are tense and you, you would clench your fists and then try to breathe out. It doesn't really work. So in order to have a prolonged exhale, you have to relax your shoulders. You have to relax your kind of your whole body in order to be able to make that exhale as long as possible. So something like that would be more something I would recommend if you like have just a few minutes or even for a person in stress 
if you see somebody who's just freaking out, you can try to help them by just telling them to exhale. And for the first first few breaths, it's going to be like, <sighs> it's going to be difficult for them. But the moment they really catch a deep exhale, you can see them almost immediately relax. Yeah, I definitely agree with this. I find when I am stressed or go, 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 my like abs and stomach are almost like clenched. And then at one point, like during that, I'll like remember to breathe properly and I'll realize how tense my body has been for the last, you know, however long. So I think we really just like clench up and like tighten everything. And we might not even realize that we do that. So for like calming breaths and for people who deal with anxiety, whether it's like with a relationship or at work or different things, is there, you know, I know how you say like exhale for as long as you can. So what would the inhale be? Like, would the inhale be like five, 10 seconds and then exhale just yeah normally normally you try to inhale like in three to four seconds through your nose and then try to exhale as long as you can but you also you like at that stage and especially while you're stressed you don't want to be like really then forcing the air out you just want to prolong your i would always say passive exhale you you prolong the exhale without then forcing it out right Yeah. No, that makes sense. And are there any breathing techniques you would recommend to help people sleep better or like calm down for bed? It's funny because like a lot of people actually have been talking to me because the recommendation is to do the Wim Hof method in the morning, but I have gotten quite a good feedback from people that use it right before bed and it helps them relax massively. I never had really sleeping issues too much, especially lately. just been sleeping like a baby so I don't know a lot of practices to help with that but I've heard from a lot of people that the Wim Hof method breathing and especially to then do the Wim Hof method breathing but it's not as hyper you just like you just inhale but you don't go like too high in frequency if that makes sense you just keep it calmer you still breathe in through your nose, exhale through your mouth, breathe in through your nose, exhale through your mouth. But then in the retention, you really feel like you're going into this parasympathetic state. And that helps people sleep. Interesting. Yeah, I'm going to have to try that. And for exercise, I know there's quite a few biohackers out there who practice only breathing through their nose when they exercise whether it's like weights or hit or anything like that, which is actually very difficult to do. I've tried to do it. So if you're at the gym or you're going out for a run, like what would you recommend breathing wise that is the best for the body? Yeah, I would definitely say try to breathe through your nose as much as possible. And then like I have played around with doing like a little bit of Wim Hof method breathing in between repetitions just like one round or something to kind of see what the CO2-O2 balance does because with the Wim Hof method breathing, you're kind of getting rid of the CO2 in the body and the, the oxygen that's going through your blood is like more able to be taken up by the muscles because of the bore effect. By getting rid of the CO2, you kind of increase your pH level so it makes the oxygen more likely to be released by the hemoglobin. So it goes more into your muscles and it helps there. Like some people do this, do like three rounds of Wim Hof with the breathing and then you'll find that you can do a lot more push-ups than, than you can do normally. So 
that's kind of utilizing the Bohr effect within the Wim Hof method. And that's something I would say just play around with. If you're definitely going for that pump, it's cool to just see if it works and how it works for you. Because yeah, I definitely notice an increase in my push-ups when I do the Wim Hof method breathing before I can do definitely a lot more than I could do just on the fly. That's cool. Yeah, I'm going to try that as well. And recovery-wise, after your workouts and like these crazy, amazing swims that you do, do you focus on cold therapy again or do you kind of like go into the sauna world, which is like obviously proven to help with muscle recovery a lot? Like, do you ever play with hot therapy? Oh, definitely. Like, I love going to the sauna, especially infrared sauna I really like. The thing is, especially after a cold swim, it's not highly recommended to go directly into into the sauna to directly go into the heat because of yeah the vasoconstriction that happens when you go for a swim. So the body is very smart and it would constrict the veins to protect the core, to protect the vital organs. So your hands and your arms, they get really cold and the blood in the extremities as well cools down. So when you then immediately after a prolonged swim, you go into the heat, then your veins just kind of, yeah, vamp open and the cold blood from the extremities mixes with the warm blood in the core and this can drop your overall core temperature and then cause a so-called after drop, which is like where the cold blood from the extremities is mixing with the core so much that, yeah, you can get hypothermia just from being in a hot space. Wow, that's pretty intense. Like, So what I currently do is, I don't have access to an infrared sauna. I just have a sauna at my gym, like a hot stone sauna. But I'll do 30 minutes, like pretty pretty high heat, pretty hot. And then I'll mm-hmm. do a cold shower. And then I'll go back and do another 30 minutes and then a cold shower again. And I feel fantastic afterwards. But maybe I need to space it out a bit between the cold and the hot therapy. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely okay. And you see it done a lot on Finnish saunas. But this is mostly focused on the fact that, yeah, you heat up before. And then when you go into the cold plunge, normally with this type of alternation, you don't stay in for a while. You just get a quick dip or maybe even a minute, which is like it doesn't cool your blood down as much as if you would stay a little bit longer in the cold. So for alternation therapy, a little bit of, of cold is good, especially, yeah, if you if you're just come out of the sauna, the, you're nice and warm, so it doesn't cool the system as much. But it's just when talking about the Wim Hof method and prolonged cold exposure, it's just really not recommended to go too hot straight away. Yeah. Okay, cool. That makes sense. And when you're in the sauna, do you do any specific breathing when you're under such high heat? I think like I've done I've done a few sweat lodges lately and there I just found myself like yeah focusing on the exhale and I think like that's the beauty of of the whole method about the cold and about the breathing it just gives you this overall breath awareness that right now I almost find that I don't have trouble staying in extreme environments anymore because I know how to influence my autonomic nervous system. I know how to bring down my heart rate. I know how to just make sure that, yeah, my system stays nice and quiet, even when my surrounding is extreme or I'm, I'm sweating so much that I'm like, feel like I'm overheating. 
then I just kind of mentally focus on the fact that I do, I can control my breath, so I can control my heart rate. So focusing on the exhale, focusing then on calming down my heart rate helps massively in even in like warm saunas. Yeah, that's amazing. So for everyone listening, you know, you want them to get started with this breathing technique in the morning and cold showers, which is totally, you know, it's pretty accessible to most people. Is there any other sort of biohack or thing that's related to this that you think the average person who's interested in health could start tomorrow? I think for me, the biggest biohack is just becoming aware of your inner nature and whatever like shape that might take. But for me, that was the biggest lesson from the cold and the biggest hack in general in my life. I think it's just becoming aware that you are as much nature as the water. You're as much nature as the trees outside. And the moment you realize your true inner nature, you can connect to the nature of other people. And you find that that's then a, like, such a big realization. And I would almost say you create a whole new mindset and outlook on life from that perspective by realizing that because we're nature, the body is so smart, the body is so wise and has this ancient knowledge on what to do in certain given moments. So I think that for me, it's become the biggest <laughs> like non-active biohack, I think, just being aware of who you are, who you truly are. Yeah. Easier said than done. I must say. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah. It's a daily practice. So Yeah, it is. It's a daily practice and it takes time and it takes little biohacks like you've talked about to really get in tune with your own nature, with yourself and your body and connecting it all. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, but then but, enjoy the process. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's it's all about the journey, right? Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I love talking to you and I think that I've learned so much from you and I know that everybody listening has definitely learned a lot as well. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I love talking to you. Thank you so much for tuning in. That was such a great episode with Kiki. I always learn a lot from her, especially when I first heard her on another podcast and I was really impressed with her knowledge and the fact that she is a certified Wim Hof method instructor, which very, very few people actually are. And the way that she breaks it down makes it so easy to understand and help you get started for someone who's never done it. And also just like her cold therapy practice is very, very inspirational. And I love that she teaches other people how to work through traumatic past events like she's had and how to work through them using physical modalities like breathing and like cold therapy. That's amazing. All the links are in the show notes. So I linked her company, which is called Disrupt the Comfort. And she does different workshops throughout the world and will be, I think she's doing like New Zealand in September and then she's in Australia for a few months. But in 2020, she's coming to Canada. We're going to plan some sort of workshop and event together that will definitely include breathing and cold therapy and all the good stuff. Keep an eye out for that. And if you're around, I would love to have you join and just connect with like-minded people. And next week we have on Sim Land who is such an expert at intermittent fasting. And he basically breaks down 
what it is and all the different types and why you should do it and the benefits. And it's interesting because intermittent fasting has become such a well-known topic. And in the beginning, it was very much focused on the 16-8 intermittent fasting. So you fast for 16 hours and you eat for eight hours. But now there's so many different types that people are doing that they are alternating between the two states. It's interesting to kind of hear what's new in this world and what's popular and what's trending and, and what he is seeing come up and the benefits, right? The benefits of fasting one way versus fasting another way. And if you know, if you have coffee, does that count as fasting? Does it have to be a water fast? Or if you have bulletproof coffee or keto coffee, does that count? So there's all these different like theories out there, right? It'll be interesting to hear what he has to say. So keep an eye out for that. That'll be released next week back when I am in Vancouver. And if anybody wants to chat or has anything they'd love to say or, you know, review of the podcast, feel free to do that on iTunes or even just message me. Thank you so much for listening. 